Clinton Bush Food Science with a Different Flavor is an innovative and informative show that will cover all facets of food science, culinary arts, food processing, food branding, food marketing, and careers. The show will feature food industry experts and various special guests. If you would like to understand food science and the importance of the flavoring experience, please join Clinton Bush Food Science with a Different Flavor show. Stay tuned. Clinton. Hi, I would like to welcome everyone to the show, the Clinton Bush Food Science Show with a different flavor. And the reason why the show is so unique because of the many facets of food science that we cover. But the good, the great news is we have a special guest with us today. And this special guest is a flavor expert, a flavor authority. This gentleman's name is Skip Roskan. Hey, Skip, how's it going? Hey, Clinton, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine. I'm glad that you was able, you, you accepted our invitation to be on the show. Before I start, I want to set up a foundation, and your background is very interesting. So would you take the time to, to set up the background? Cause I want the audience to understand why the industry consider you a flavor expert. So can you give us a little about your background? Well, sure. It actually started uh, for 10 years um, working for large consumer packaged goods companies in marketing and brand management. Uh, I grew up in Chicago, uh, went to school there, ended up uh, working in, um, in uh, marketing, and uh, really didn't see uh, flavors in my future. However, uh, my father, who was a partner in a flavor business, got ill in 1978 and um, I went to see him as he was recovering. And I said to him, Dad, uh, when you get better, I'll be waiting for you in the office. He uh, did get better. I was waiting. And that was my entry into the family flavor business. Our company started way back in 1896, multi-generational. And uh, even though I didn't ever consider or think I was going into the business, you know, circumstances change and the action changes. So I moved from Chicago to Philadelphia and Philadelphia was the headquarters of David Michael and company, the family business. And I spent 40 years uh, working in the company and helping grow it uh, into a global uh, entity, a company that worked with food and beverage companies designing the various flavor systems that we've come to know as vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream or colas or chewing gum, uh, even pharmaceuticals. Um, during the time, uh, my 40 years, uh, 
I was responsible for, uh, I became president of the company in 1990 and uh, had the following departments reporting to, my, to me, marketing, research and development, uh, our global companies, um, a strategic business development and an outside board of directors. Uh, so that's what I've been doing with the last 40 years of my, uh, my life in flavors. Okay, let me say this, because that was a mouthful. I want the, the audience to really be able to digest what you just said. So when I think about what you just said, uh, I know a lot of people talk about family businesses, and they might have been, the family business may have been 10, 15, 20 years old. Let's back up. Now, you said your father. Now, how long was this... Uh, family business uh, established, and was it uh, multiple generations? Yes, the business was started in 1896. Oh, in the, in Wait the a back room. Say that again. 18 what? 1896. <laughs> oh, that'd uh, make about what a hundred. It would have been a, a what a hundred and eighteen years old. Oh, a little bit more. One hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. See, a, it's I'm so messed up. I can't even get the math right. Yeah, 122 years this year. So. Okay, that that's f phenomenal. I can't believe that. Yeah, well, um, it got started in the back room of a tavern on Ohio Avenue in Atlantic City, New Jersey. We had a still in the back of the bar which uh, we figured out how to add some barks and botanicals and essential oils to, to make the new whiskey taste like 10 year old bourbon. So, so uh, <laughs> yeah, sort of a funny start. So let me just throw this in and I'll let you uh, finish telling us the story. Now you mentioned a lot of products which sparked my interest, but I think that might be another show you mentioned uh, when we were talking about flavors, vanilla, and I know your authority on vanilla because we did some projects together on vanilla, but that's that would be another segment, another uh, show. And then uh, you mentioned gum. You mentioned, so you have the experience and the ability to create, put flavors to different foods, brands, and different categories of food. You mentioned ice cream, bubble uh, gum, and and just a, f uh, a few uh, categories of food. Can you elaborate just a little on that? And then I'll let you go ahead and tell your story the way you, the way we need you to tell it. Uh, uh, sure will, Clinton. Um, yeah, if you think about it, um, almost all foods and beverages have a characterizing flavor. So if we're making uh, gelatin or jello at home and we make a cherry or a strawberry or a lime, well, the flavor has to come from somewhere. And so that's the science of what we do. Um, and the same thing with chewing gum. If you have a spearmint flavored chewing gum, you need a, a flavor to be infused into the gum so that you can enjoy it. 
The same thing with any cola beverages or uh, just about any any meats, sauces, gravies. If you look carefully at the ingredient statement, you'll see the present. Usually, the reference will be to natural or natural and synthetic flavor or synthetic flavors. So it comes in uh, in a variety of forms and and shapes. And it isn't just designing the flavor. You have to understand how the flavor is going to be processed. So in the case of ice cream, ice cream is homogenized and pasteurized. And the pasteurization temperatures uh, are at least 160 degrees, but often up as high as 280 degrees. And so the flavor has to be able to withstand that sort of uh, temperature. Um, so we, when we design them, we have to design them with the end application in mind and the processing that the food or beverage will under, undergo. Oh, that's really interesting. That's like I got science and calculus all in one sentence. <laughs> you got it exactly. So I'm going to circle back to the family business after getting started in 1896. Um, it was actually not started by a family member. It was started by David Michael and my grandfather, who was a chemist at the University of Pennsylvania when he graduated in 1919. He got into the to the David Michael business and David Michael had no heirs. The business passed to the Roskam and uh, Rosenbaum families in Philadelphia. And that my grandfather was first generation. My dad was second generation. And in my time, uh, my brother, myself, and two cousins ran the business until we, uh, we couldn't get our kids into the business, couldn't get that next generation in. Um, and so we needed it exit strategy and we had a very successful transaction in selling the business about 18 months ago to international flavors and fragrances uh one of the largest global flavor companies and fragrance companies in the world oh, okay let me ask you another question you mentioned and i have known known you for a while you had offices i believe uh you mentioned your international offices so did you have some in Mexico and some other places? Yeah, and they were not just uh, just an office. They were manufacturing facilities, separate companies where we had R&D, uh, full staff, sales and commercial, manufacturing. And we basically had three companies uh, uh, that we built, one in Beijing, China, uh, one in Valence, France, and one in Lerma, Mexico. So, um, you know, when a global food and beverage company wants to produce a consistent product from uh, region to region, they really want local supply of the flavor as opposed to exporting it from the U.S. or elsewhere. So in order to serve the global food and beverage market, we needed uh, several uh, operations. That is phenomenal. to be able yeah. to manage so many manufacturers to have that global vision was very phenomenal. Now you said that y'all just recently, 18 months ago, sold the company 
So here's my next question. What are you doing now? Because I know you you keep yourself very active and busy in that uh, in that space. Now, I know you're still teaching uh, flavors at Penn State. So I'll let you go into that if you want to at a, at a later time in the dis- discussion. So what are you doing now? Well, uh, sometimes I think too much. <laughs> um, but to, to answer your question directly, uh, I have three principal areas I'm working in after having set up my consulting business, which is called White Space, The Right Place. And basically, I'm working uh, consulting for IFF, uh, who wanted me to um, work on mergers and acquisitions for them. So that's they've contracted with me for 30 days of my time this year in that area. Uh, but then the other areas where I'm really having a lot of fun is um, I'm presently mentoring five different CEOs and startup companies. Um, when I say a startup, a company that's as, as old as, I think my oldest company is nine years old and the youngest is less than a year. These are all food and beverage companies, not flavor companies. And I'm helping them um, grow their businesses and helping the, the young CEOs uh, who are running these businesses. So I'm a coach. Then the other thing I'm doing is I've worked with private equity firms that specialize in food and beverage. And presently, I'm networked with um, 16 at last count, 16 different private equity firms. And the game, the game plan here is to be able to um, be able to um, be able to uh, help them with any food businesses that they invest in. For example, one company is a Philadelphia company called Graham Partners. They own a company in um, Mer- uh, called Mercer Foods in Modesto, California, and they do freeze-dried fruits and vegetables. So I sit on that strategic board. So between the different opportunities that come up in private equity, with my small cadre of, uh, of uh, entrepreneurs uh, and my M&A work with uh, IFF and a little time on the golf course and some travel, life's pretty good. That's good. I'm excited. No better guy other than yourself uh, deserve to be where they at in their career. You're an excellent guy. And I know that we had an opportunity to work on a few projects. But like I said, that's that's another show. But I now, I think that's good uh, for the, the young CEOs to have someone of your wisdom and expertise to coach them and to mentor them.
back from our break with Skip Russ Cam. How are you, Clinton? <laughs> so, yeah, um, I told the audience that you was an exciting guy, and uh, some of the I want you to continue telling us what you've been up to, or, or whatever you think would bring the audience even more value because you're providing excellent value to the audience. Well, I thought what I would uh, want to comment on is a couple things that are going on in our industry. Um, you know, what's new in the way of trends in flavors um, and, and maybe something that everybody should keep an eye out for the, what we'll call the next big thing in the food, food space. Um, first, what's new in the industry? Um, well, <laughs> what is new is sometimes what is old. The industry, meaning the food and beverage and the ingredient and flavor space, continues to consolidate. Um, the company that bought mine, IFF, announced uh, one week ago yesterday the largest transaction in ever done in the flavor business when they spent $7 billion to buy an Israeli company called Fruiterome. Uh, and um, that's what's got the industry talking uh, at considerable length about uh, the largest transaction that's ever happened in the flavor and fragrance space. Um, but the industry itself, uh, I think consumers are, are continue to be interested in organic, um, something that has become very important to people is understanding about where their food comes from, how it's manufactured and processed. Um, so the term sustainability, the supply chain, they all become very important in, in today's food and beverage world. Um, I think another interesting dynamic is that, um, you know, millennials are driving uh, demand and driving consumer packaged goods companies to rethink how they operate and work in, uh, in the food business. Millennials are, are interested in doing things their way uh, during their time frames, uh, making choices. So food companies are are trying to um, cater to uh, this uh, this growing market. Um, so some those are some of the things that I see that's happening in the industry and uh, and uh, in the ingredients and uh, food business. Um, you know what's new in flavors? Uh, well, there's always new trends and new types of flavors. Um, one of the things I've noticed in the last couple of years, and I'm sure the audience will connect with this, is that a lot of things are becoming barrel aged. So uh, vinegar, maple syrup, uh, this barrel aging is what is done for whiskey, bourbon, but uh, you're going to now start to see this barrel age trend in things like barbecue sauce, many different food products. Um, and 
and, and I see that as, as a trend in flavors right now. Another thing is um, the continued interest in natural is important. For instance, about two years ago, Nestle, the world's largest chocolate company, decided to replace artificial flavors in all of their confections and chocolate products. Well, this created a, a, a larger demand for natural flavors. So this trend. Um, as far as, as what I see as the next big thing, um, I think we all would agree that the world wastes way, way too much food, especially in industrialized countries like America. Um, some figures tell us that about 40% of our foods go to waste. Um, however, um, there are industries and companies that are starting that are repurposing food waste. For example, uh, there's a company in San Francisco that goes around and collects from restaurants any bread products that are not used the day before. And they take that bread product and they actually are able to make vodka from it. Because, <laughs> because we're talking about grains and we're talking about corn. And we're talking about other things that make up bread. So they're actually able to take the waste and make a new product out of it. So, um, but I see a lot of that is going to go on. Uh, for another example, the, um, the byproducts of avocado manufacturing uh, are, is now being used to make natural green color. And that's another thing that people are looking to do is move away from synthetic colors to natural colors. So I, I see a lot more of this is going to go on. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, I think uh, it's, it's, it's more than a trend. I think it's here to stay. That is phenomenal. And I knew in my spirit, it was important for you to be the first guest on our podcast, which is called Clinton Bush Food Science with a different flavor. So I'm like, okay, if you want to be a different flavor, which meaning a different aspect, then you got to have a flavor expert as your first guest to push that, that theme. Now, it was two things. Well, everything you just said was very interesting, but it's two things that caught my attention that I just want to say before I let you continue to educate us. One thing, you, talk, you mentioned millenniums, and you know through me and the work we was able to do together working with youth that I always had a a desire to work with young folks and expose them to the food industry through food science, culinary arts, and then the different careers. That leads me into saying this, when you were saying that the millenniums, you know, they do things a little different and 
the food companies and the branding companies are trying to cater or create some things that would spark their interest. I'm now looking towards working with uh, some major influencers and in, uh, in marketing. And, and these guys are, these group of people are interested in their own food brands, whether they are entertainers or rappers or uh, sport figures, like in Philadelphia, the guy Meat Mills, who uh, creating a uh, a platform for social justice stuff, and then the other thing when you was talking about the companies using the bread, I know it's a lot. It's a big push for social impact movement. So when you're saying that the food is a uh, the folk food company going to the restaurants and picking up their bread products that they're not using to create other stuff and then the waste. I think that would be an awesome social impact movement of some of the stuff that's going on. So it's, it's very exciting to see all of the new stuff going on in the food industry. So I'm glad that you was able to bring that to our awareness. Well, you're right, Clinton. Um, you know, and it's probably the subject of another show uh, where uh, we could get um, different companies that are doing this kind of work, like the company in San Francisco or the company that's repurposing avocado waste. Or, um, it, I mean, there's amazing uh, uh, amount of things that are, are done to repurpose food that I just don't think that's on people's radar screens, but but makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm glad that we was able to start the show to to get individuals like yourself who has the the knowledge and the wisdom and know what they're talking about because they doing they in the in the industry they doing the work. Because a lot of times you get people who might talk about things that don't that don't really have the uh, the credentials to really talk about certain stuff where you can help people understand what's really going on in in certain industries in certain spaces. My pleasure. So I appreciate you coming on the show, but we're gonna have to get you back because we got some other uh, subject matters that we know that you would be the right person to speak on those subject matters. Well, I wish you a lot of good success with this uh, show, uh, Clinton. You're uh, always been a man that is uh, got a plan and a guy who is uh, curious and looks for the answers. And I think you're helping a lot of people with what you're doing. Oh, thank you, Skip. 
and I do appreciate your time and this and the stuff you're doing is always interesting. And I think a lot of our audience, especially our high profile individuals, is really gonna see the value in what you shared with us today. Because they out there trying to figure That's out great. how Glad to how do they get started. I'm like, man, you have to have the right people with the right credentials and the right uh, information to put you on the right road. You have to have the right consultants in order to make those kind of investments. You're but right. Thank you, Skip. And uh, I look forward and having you back on the show and maybe you can bring some of your friends and some of your constituents with you to talk about what they're doing. Well, that'd be uh, wonderful. I'm sure they'd be interesting. I know all, all my, uh, my uh, young CEOs are very passionate about their companies and what they're doing. And, and I think they would bring a, a very fresh, uh, lively perspective to your audience. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, we look forward to having you back. And you, and we wish you continued success in all of your endeavors. I know you're going to do well. Thank you, Clinton. Thank you, Skip. Welcome to the show. I'm here with Sonya. Hello, everyone. And the show today is going to be behind the uh, scene. Have a little chat about what goes on at the show behind the scene, so that you can get a first look, a first hand look, and understanding how we do things here at the Clinton Bush. Food science with a different flavor show. That's good. I'm excited about this episode. So, what are we talking about today, Mr. Bush? That's good, Sonya. It's a fun show, y'all. So, what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about some of the upcoming shows and and the purpose of the show, the subject matter. Because the show is designed to have a little bit of something for everyone. Explain to them, Sonia, what I mean. Well, one thing I like about this show is that when you talk about food science and the flavoring experience, that is a great way to start to understand the food process and how our food comes about. Because, you know, we just think, you know, whether it goes from the farm to the supermarket to the pan is not necessarily true. So what we have learned over the years is that they add flavor enhancements and they actually add different things to food to make us want more of that particular food. So it's very interesting on just how everything comes about. And when we talk about, you know, food marketing, 
and just all of these different aspects that goes with not only the production of food, but also selling of food and how a great product comes about. So that's why I was so excited to hear Skip on the show because he brings a wealth of knowledge um, to, to the show. And the, also the purpose is that I really love is that we really get to understand understand what is food science. Because truthfully, I didn't even hear of food science till a few years ago. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then to find out that it was actually a career and careers that go around food science. So um, is it's really awesome to, to bring this. And, and then actually how we all got started with food science, which was interesting, was we wanted to bring awareness to this industry because this industry is a very old industry but you know so to speak we need new blood in this industry so you know we we're talking about how asia was leading in this industry we're the united states so we're trying to get this thing going that's a good point that sanya makes and that's the reason why the show is called clinton bush food science with a different flavor and understanding the flavoring experience. Don't forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the different flavor meaning a different perspective. Because things are new. The times are new. And the industry is real old, like Sonya said. But let me back up some. Let me go to Rewind when she was talking about the flavoring experience. What we have to understand you have a flavor system. And that's what Skip was speaking to last show. The flavor systems that you have to put the food. Like if you're chewing gum, it's a spearmint. You got to infuse a spearmint flavor into the gum so that you can enjoy it. And in fact, our next guest got something real good for you. Uh, his name is Celebrity Chef Keith Jones, that's going to be our next guest. And he's going to talk about and, and show you ways how you can infuse different flavors into foods, which is big in culinary arts. And what I love about the last show was that that couldn't be done without somebody like Skip Ruskamp. That flavoring experience, and that's what he brings. So, what we want you to understand, although the topic is not a real popular popping top topic, you're going to learn a lot on the show. We got excellent experts and special guests, people in all facets of the industry is going to be on the show. We even have college professors for you that's going to be on the show. So when you look at what the show's going to bring, if we had to put a dollar value on it, it'll be priceless. Let me say it that way. So you want to get all kind of information on, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, wherever you at in the food chain, we got we have something for you. Whether you want to be a food entrepreneur, whether you want to be a chef, or you want to own a franchise or open up a store or a manufacturing plant. Whatever it is in food science 
in the food industry, we have you covered with a different flavor. All right, so now let's transition to the previous show with Miss Jasmine. Okay. So how did you feel about Miss Jasmine being on the show? Actually, I was really excited because one thing I wanted to establish with with Miss Jasmine was her educational background. You want to kind of go over that? Well, one thing I love about bringing her on and her educational background is that Number one, you know, she went to school from something totally different. She sure did. And so usually, you know, they they talk about how, you know, you'll have your next career. Like everyone doesn't have one career anymore, it seems like. So it seems like we always transition into something else. So whether it's by circumstance or by choice. So, you know, this is something that um, that was brought to light, you know, with her talking about her background. So I think that was very enlightening. And then it could be an encouraging, you know, because a lot of times when we feel that we have done something or we went to school for something and now we want to do something else, you know, it, it gets kind of discouraging because you think of all of the transitional moves that you have to make. And we always think about what we could lose. So, uh, but we never think about really if we put our mind to it and we have the right people around us and we get the right information, what we can win. So I thought that was just um, a good a good start for someone um, like Jasmine to come on to the show and because uh, she's talking about really whether it's transitioning into her becoming an entrepreneur full time or you know what's the big talk is that side hustle. You know, we got to have a side hustle sometimes to bring in extra income. So, you know, th- that's what she actually brought to the show. And hopefully it will be able to enlighten a lot of people and have people possibly think differently for whatever their next steps may be in life. Yeah, Jasmine with the school for criminal justice. Is that what it's called? Yes, criminal yeah. justice. No, criminal, yeah, criminal justice. She got, she was able to get her bachelor's degree. Then she went back to school to get a master's degree in criminal justice. And then she was talking about potentially becoming an attorney and as parents. Oh, I let the bag out of the cat out of the bag. I said parents. Yes, by the way, Jasmine is our daughter. And, uh, yeah, so she wanted to know how I felt about her being a, a, a lawyer. Quite naturally, I was very excited about her being a lawyer. And then she wanted to be a doctor. And she was trying to figure out which one she, she was going to pursue. Then she was going to get a doctor's degree. I think she get those smarts from my side. Oh, no, I better not say that. She's very smart. She get it from both her parents. But anyway, uh, so, you know, I'm in, we had, we had a, a, a real awesome career in foods, as you can readily see. And then one day she was working, well, she told the story, and you'll be, have you heard the story? She was, 
uh, dabbing in some food. She made a dessert. So then everybody, she got our rave, our reviews. Everybody was excited about her banana pudding. So she started a, a, a company and a product. So she's a food entrepreneur. So I'm excited about that. But the thing I'm really excited at about, she was passionate about this business and she didn't want to let her parents down. So normally parents would be like, well, you need to do this. You went to school for this. That wasn't my position. That wasn't our position at all. In fact, we're excited because I think Jasmine is young enough in her late 20s to take a shot to do things that she's passionate about. And I know she's going to be successful in her putting business and that she wants to go back to criminal uh, justice or or law, she can do that. She got plenty of time on her side. I Actually, I like her upside, even on, in her business. I really like it, and I'm excited. And this is what the, 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 the show is about. It's about ordinary people pursuing their dreams and their passions and not being afraid to go after what's in your spirit and what's in your heart. And it's all right to do you. It's all right to be have self-awareness. Because one thing you never want to do, I hope you get out of this segment, is re- regret not pursuing what was in your heart, your dream. So whatever your dream is, pursue it whether it's food or something else. So I think this is what this show brings you. That, And then we want to bring all of the experts and the people with the credentials to help you all along the way. Yeah, so I think, look, actually you probably done found another uh, segment of pursuing your dreams <laughs> and, you know, chasing your purpose something like that because a lot of times what we found out that we have these dreams and we have these visions whether it's dealing with you know something within the food industry but we just don't know how to get started so I think that would be a great segment you know if I have this thought in my head or I have this idea or if I have this recipe from great grandma that has been so great and everybody love how do I monetize that how do I get started? What do what are some of the next steps? So I think that would be a great next segment. But once we get back to Miss Jasmine, so one of the things that we talked about with her is because, you know, she is a startup. And so what we would just like to to just, you know, just share and just kind of talk about some of the things that she was experiencing um, in regards to startup startups. And then also, of course, you know, what we want to do is we also want to protect her during this time so that she doesn't make certain mistakes. So really, that is what we're talking about today. And then let me add this. Uh, Jasmine always knew we was entrepreneurs all through our lives. But Jasmine was away at school when we was uh, uh, doing the family business. Let me say it that way. But to get back to what Sonya was saying, uh, 
This is the place. We have a segment of the program in this program called the Food Lab. And the and the and the, uh, the the purpose of that is to give you all of the information you need to not to make the mistakes and to put out a quality product, whether it's packaging, your logo, branding, marketing, and even the, the food, food uh, sensory and, f- and food uh, test, doing test tests, t- taste tests, all of those things. So you'll, you'll be able to get all of that information on the program. So with Jasmine, what do you? What are some of the warnings you would like to share with Jasmine? Well, before I get with the about the warnings, I was so taking the way her uh, packaging looked. One thing that we're going to do is get her a, a, a logo. Her packaging was good. I think it was just missing the logo. Because mm-hmm. people were so excited to get the product, and the product mm-hmm. was so good, and it was packaged so well. But I think that she needs that logo logo for her branding, with the way the things are going, with all the new technology and the different platforms. She needs that branding. So that's one thing I want to get for is the logo. And then the other thing I was concerned with is to make sure she uh, work understand where the marketplace and where the consumer attention is at. A lot of times, getting started with a food brand, you might want to consider where you want to sell your product and then overhead and the cost of entry and the cost to get your product out there. So I wanted to save her a lot of time and a lot of money on that versus going into a storefront. I think her business is very scalable. In fact, I think what I'm interested, I'm excited about is that an e-commerce business would be real good for her. And she's doing real well on on, uh, social media. I think e-commerce and some uh, social media marketing would be awesome for it because what she's doing is is bringing her product directly to the consumer, and I think that's the way things are going in in the marketplace today. I think that's the big advantage that food entrepreneurs have that they can go straight to the consumer before they had to do what we had to do. You had to go to Walmart or or Sam's Club to put you down. And what I'm referencing to is an ice cream product that we was able to bring to the marketplace via, via Sam Club for a season. It was a seasonal product, but uh, so that's what I'm I'm, I'm concerned with. I, I want her to have access directly to the consumer. I think that's the be her business for her, and then she can still do 
her uh, criminal justice stuff. So you're talking about a side hustle? Yes, a side <laughs> hustle. <laughs> All yeah. right, so now with packaging, you talked about logos, you talked about marketing and, and, and branding. Um, so you, you talked about her target market and how you would like for her to deliver her product. So let me just interrupt you for one minute because I think this is real. You sure are interrupting <laughs> quite a bit. I mean, I know it is your show. <laughs> it's our show. Uh, I want the audience to know that I was I got sick five years ago that I had a stroke, and so my voice the stroke. Oh, I'm, I did recover from the stroke. So if you hear a impairment in my speech or my voice, it's because there's a stroke. But everything is fine. I'm still hustling. My passion for the food industry and to help many people who's interested in this uh, industry drives me to do what I do, and this is the reason uh, we're doing this show. So, okay, you can go, Sonia. You're up the bat. No more interruptions. So, with the packaging, we talked about logo, uh, we talked about target market, and we talked about marketing. So, uh, one thing we were talking about in regards to packaging a product is how much of that product that you're actually packaging and That's consistency where you come in. yeah when we doing the business you stayed on me on that so one thing for sure is that you know what we were discussing um with jasmine is that we were saying that you always want to make sure that you are serving consistency and a 16 ounce cup might not necessarily mean 16 ounces so depending on how much you pack, and you know how sometimes we can pack things and push it down, pack it and push it down, and that 16 ounce turn into 24 ounces. And so the one thing is, is just having, making sure that when you are delivering a product, that that product, the weight is consistent, but then also the look of the product is consistent. That was good. You nailed it. So the presentation. I call that a, a home run you just hit. Now, the reason why that's so important. Now, to your to your customer who loves the product, to them, they cool with you giving them 24 ounces over 16 ounces. But if you are selling a, a product in the marketplace, you Get, definitely got to be consistent with your measurements. Because let's say you sell it in a store. The label says 16 ounces, but you weigh it up, you got 24 ounces. And then you have to look at your profits. That's a half of a another container. If you're giving up 24 ounces and it's supposed to be 16 ounces, if my math is right, that's eight ounces over what you're supposed to be given, which means that's half of another uh, sale. So you, you want to be commit, uh, consistent with your measurements 
which means you need weights. You got to weigh your product. Absolutely. So that cut, what basically happens is it cut into food costs. Because I think a lot of times, too, uh, with startups that, you know, sometimes we don't realize that everything comes uh, out of that, that, that product. So our profits come out of that product. But with making our product, all the things that have to be calculated. So we're not only calculating our food costs. We're, we're, you know, we have to um, calculate our time, you know, the time that we're spending. And so we want to make sure that when we are, are selling our products that we're not um, only making about $2 an hour. So we have to calculate that food cost. And what that means is basically keeping our food costs, you know, under that 35%. And so when we're adding in labor costs and, you know, and other expenses, so 50 to 75% should equal, you know, our total sales. So that's why, you know, we have to do the math. We have to do the math. And actually the first thing that people will look at when they're getting into trouble and really not making money in the food business is the first thing that is examined is food costs. So that's actually how important, you know, that that is in nailing that. Now, I got to say this. This doesn't, well, yes, it does. Now, when I was telling you all about my impairment, Sonya kind of looked at me because she's uh, always by the book kind of person. She always go by the book. Real high integrity person and so am I. But my issue was this. I want to be transparent with the audience, with you. So I didn't want nobody to be like, why does he talk like that? I thought it was important for the audience to know the reason why. Because then you may be like, man, he got quality guests. But why do you pronounce his words like that? It's just being transparent. So now you know that when you tune in to the Clinton Bush Food Science with a different flavor show, that you're going to get transparency, you're going to get good information, and you're going to get experts. You're going to get the best in the field. And as long as you're doing that, they're not going to worry about your your speech issues. I know, because I was transparent. I shared it with oh, them. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> so, we're going to start wrapping this up. So, um, and just give some some feedback, though, on what I just said. So, you start going into other stuff. I'm trying to keep us on track. <laughs> So I just talked about how important it is with food costs and how actually food costs, if it's not done correctly, can actually close the doors to a business. It sure can. So that's why with our measurements, we have to be accurate. We have to really understand what we are spending in, in food, you know, what our labor costs are, what our expenses are, because that's. Um, all of that comes out of our profit. And so we want to make sure that we're not look, literally eating up our profit. So or allow other people to eat up our profits. And that's what I call <laughs> food for thought. Yeah, that is food for thought, isn't it? Absolutely. So 
so you know um so basically and and that's just what this this portion was today is really to talk about that that food cost and understanding the the business aspect of how important it is in regards to not only presentation knowing your target market but really understanding whatever your expenses are you know what how what that cost is for you to make a product because a lot of time we want to use quality things in a product and so but sometimes people don't want to pay for that product so you know we always have to take those things into consideration and really look at at that bottom line and i think that's where social media can help you cuz on the f- couple of businesses that we was privileged privilege to run we had to educate our customers on the reason why in order for them to justify the price but let me say this the show is called Clinton Bush food science with a different flavor now let me flip the word food science around So this show is about the science of food. So that's what Sonya gave you. She gave you some science. Okay, as we get ready to conclude, uh, I just want to mention a few guests, upcoming guests, that I want you y'all guys to look out for. The next guest is going to be celebrity chef Keith Jones. He's going to be our next guest. And I'm excited about that. We got a couple of our chefs coming. Keith Jones is in the Denver, Colorado area. I'm excited about Chef Keith coming on. So that, that'll be a great segment. And then we got an international segment for you with Roberto Bresciani from Spain. Yes, we're going to Spain. Yes, that will be, that's also will be exciting. What you like about Roberto? Just give him a little teaser. <laughs> no, uh. Give him a, te- a teaser on both she- other chefs. And tell him what, who, who Roberto is. He's a pizza what? Connoisseur. So he, yeah, he does great things with a pizza. So, Definitely, definitely, definitely. You want to learn how to make pizza at home? (laughs) Straight from Italy. (laughs) Okay, so, but this concludes our show. So, it was nice being here on the show with you, Mr. Bush. So, you might invite me back. I don't know. You kind of took over over my part of the show. (laughs) Well, I had fun with you. Sonya Bush. I had Jasmine Bush last week. This week I got Sonya Bush. It must be the Bushes, huh? That's a Bush thing, huh? You are too funny. Clinton okay. Bush Food Science. Okay, y'all. I have fun. Tune in to next week and make sure you share this with your friends and everybody who want to learn about the cooking experience. Food science. Remember, you heard it first. Here. On the Clinton Bush Food Science with a Different Flavor show. Yeah.